This is a Triple M Footy podcast. With all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy, it's Tom Brown's News. Good afternoon. Grand final Friday. Lots of incredibly serious issues to discuss today, in particular Hawthorne. I'll give you some insight on what's going on there. But I want to start with the grand final day because it's an absolutely magnificent day in football. The Premiership Parade on the Yarra today and, of course, tomorrow, which promises so much with two unbelievably closely matched teams. Just in terms of the latest team news, big news from Sydney. Logan McDonald dropped in favour of Hayden McLean. Sam Reid retaining his spot. The Cats will go in unchanged tomorrow with Parfit, O'Connor, Menegola and Segler all in contention to be the medical substitute, which will be named in the hour prior to the first bounce. Imagine being one of Parfit, O'Connor, Menegola and Segler sweating on a potential grand final spot and possible premiership medallion. It's going to be an incredible watch, that final Geelong team tomorrow. So many stories are going to come out of tomorrow. Patrick Dangerfield, one of the most decorated players in football, one of the most celebrated, hasn't won a flag. Joel Selwood going for his fourth flag. Jeremy Cameron came to Geelong to win a flag. Could happen as soon as tomorrow. Um, Chris Scott, his career so far as coach could be bookmarked. Flag at the start. He's always copped a pretty hard rap from some Geelong supporters. Despite their incredible prelim finals record, he could cap that off and continue that with a second premiership tomorrow. Sydney, an incredible story in itself. Buddy Franklin playing on. Um, Andrew Pridham, their chairman, has been on the board for 21 years in that period. They've appeared in six grand finals and won two. There's something infectious about Sydney's culture. It's an incredible culture, the Bloods culture. I've witnessed it against Collingwood twice in Sydney this year. I also saw them a couple of weeks ago knock off Melbourne. They are a formidable outset, outfit, Sydney, with incredible spirit within the group. After the games, they have this song ritual within the rooms. I heard it from outside the rooms last week. They get stuck into the tunes. They're just a really infectious unit, Sydney, who've got all the attributes to knock off Geelong tomorrow. It's going to be an absolutely incredible grand final. Of course, Robbie Williams featuring as well. Gil McLaughlin uh, and Delta Goodrum. And uh, Gil McLaughlin uh, referencing on Fox last night that Robbie might have cost north of a million dollars. I'm looking forward to seeing that performance pre-game tomorrow as well. It's going to be a great, great grand final, I'm sure. The Saturday Rub, Friday Huddle, Sunday Rub, Midweek Rub, Tom Brown's News and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. The latest on Hawthorne, what I'll do here is I'll go through what Gil McLaughlin said on 360, Fox 360 last night. I'll then go through my interview with Phil Egan, who wrote the Hawthorne Report. I interviewed him one-on-one yesterday, Phil. And then I'll just try and give you a snapshot on the latest of what's going on today in terms of what I know. Starting with Gil... He indicated last night in summary, and I'll get to the grab shortly, that he's going to stay on until now this investigation's complete, or he certainly indicated that. He's looking to finalise the panel, the independent panel, um, that will investigate this, the four-person independent panel. Um, the AFL still don't know the complainants involved. The complainants are in the process of appointing Arnold Block and Liebler, in particular Leon Zwire, to representing them. So the AFL at the moment only have a redacted version of the report with the names of the complainants, because obviously they want a confidentiality struck out. So the AFL is obviously trying to get in appropriate touch with the complainants working now through ABL at this stage. Uh, Gill spoken to Clarkson and Fagan um, over the phone, I presume, this week, offering them support and obviously explaining there's a process in place. Gill's also spoken to um, prominent Indigenous players, I think on a phone hookup on Wednesday night, offering them support and to give them guidance through this process. Um, but first off... Uh, Gil was asked in particular whether there's additional aspects to this report and more information. I obviously need to be careful. It's a confidential report. I'd say um, there was actually more 
in the papers yesterday than and more substantive stuff than was in in the report in, in many in many extents. But there's also some additional pieces in the, in the report that that haven't come out. So um, I think the the flavour of what you read represents accurately uh, um, the flavour of what's in the report. And this was Gill's response on whether he'd stay on as CEO pending the outcome of this investigation. I met with, obviously, KCs and you know, senior people today as part of the interview process for the panel and asking how long they think this would take, and it's months, a couple of months, or it's, you know, these are, it's, you've got to run this to ground, people have to be available to talk, you know, all of those things. So there is certainly a, a, an issue about whether it would be appropriate for me to leave with this on foot. Um, the allegations are that serious and people's livelihoods are at stake and you know there are people who've suffered great trauma who need to be worked through this and I feel that that is you know the, the responsibility for all that does sit in the remit of, of this office ultimately. Now I spoke to Phil Egan yesterday you might be familiar with Phil because he played 125 games for the Tigers he also runs a business called Binmata that looks to nurture positive relationships with individuals and companies. In effect, they do a lot of work in the Indigenous education and community space. Not just that, but obviously includes that. Now, Phil has been moved by this investigation. I could tell that yesterday. He'd been personally affected by the interviews which he conducted, and he was shocked with some of his findings, he told me. But in particular, what I wanted to do is ask him some questions that I think a lot of the audience will have. For example, why Chris Fagan and Alastair Clarkson weren't interviewed as part of his process and his Hawthorne report, and this was his detailed response. The um, terms of reference of the review simply was to, to concentrate on the uh, First Nations past players, past and present players, staff and their families. Um, so that was very strict. We had a very narrow um, you know, laneway to stay in and... Uh, and that's what we did. That's what we did. We we had no access to non-indigenous past players, coaches, or staff. I also asked Phil in particular about whether there was any third-party verification of the alleged victims' complaint complaints. Not to in any way denigrate those, but simply because obviously Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson are denying so far any involvement in any of this through their statements. So obviously that evidence could become crucial going forward. And I asked him if there was third-party. Um, uh, contemporaneous or uh, corroborating statements to support uh, support some of these alleged claims. The first part of your question, Tom, is um, as a researcher and you know, and uh, my colleague uh, uh, Megan, Dr. Megan Catrack Harris, we stand by the findings. And uh, the second part of your question is: is there another you know, third element of uh, validation? No comment. Just on this third-party validation, it was put to me yesterday that there is a development coach or an assistant coach at Hawthorne at the time that's prepared to corroborate all or aspects of these claims. I haven't spoken to that person. I haven't read the report, so I don't know if that's contained in the report. And I stress that Clarkson and Fagan have absolutely protested their innocence, so it's difficult to report on that at this stage. But I put that to Phil, as you heard there. Also put it to Hawthorne, getting a no comment. The report is confidential yesterday. So that's got to play out as to whether there's independent now verification of these reports, which I guess the investigation will look into. Just in summary, this is the issue today as I see it. Um, these situations, vilification situations, are about the um, alleged victims. That's very much what I'm told from, um, you know, Indigenous people will tell you that. That's, you know, it's all about what they want by way of rectification. 
the separate issue for the AFL is Clarkson and Fagan and verifying it from their perspective. Clearly, the AFL is trying to get an independent process set up today, which I think the alleged victims will agree to. But the issue for them is, as I understand it, there's no necessarily right of cross-examination in that AFL process, even if it's an independent process. And maybe um, the best forum for this might be a court forum. So it's going to be very interesting to see when and how this independent investigation is formed. And it's important what the alleged victims want. They don't necessarily need to submit to an AFL process. They're not playing football. Um, you know, they've told their story to Phil. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all proceeds today. The AFL is trying to get this panel in place, and uh, I'm sure the panel will want to get to the bottom of what's going on. But, uh, you know, this is also about the alleged victims and what they want to do. And it will be interesting to see if they want to go through a court process or want to um, submit into the AFL's process. So that's what the AFL is trying to work through in good faith in the background. There's definitely a push now for other clubs to conduct their own racism investigations, you know, to unearth any issues or um, go through that process. I think Eddie Betts has commented on that on Fox this week. Um, the Herald Sun asked clubs that question yesterday, and Sydney responded, I saw, saying that they, they're very proactive, Sydney. They said, we've already formed a subcommittee. We're going to form a subcommittee with Michael O'Loughlin to consider this situation as to whether they need to uh, conduct further investigations. So I think there's a growing push on clubs and I think there'll be leadership from some clubs to conduct similar investigations, I guess, to what uh, Hawthorne's conducted and to what Collingwood started, which was the Do Better report. So in that instance, um, you know, Collingwood got on the front foot in that regard. Hawthorne has as well. Sydney's considering what they'll do under Michael O'Loughlin, and the question's certainly being put to clubs at the moment. Bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. Collingwood, they've increased their offer to Jordan Degoe to five years. I reported on Sunday night at the Brownlow that what had happened was St Kilda had offered a four-year deal. Collingwood's deal was two years plus two years with conditions like good behaviour and all the rest of it. Collingwood's now, you have to say in response to St Kilda being, I presume, right in this or at least sort of in this, that uh, they've increased their offer to five years. So I put that to Ryan Vague, his manager, who's done a good job in all this in the end. He's got two clubs chasing Jordan Degoe four weeks ago. No one wanted him. That's a bit of a figure of speech, but you get my drift. Um, I've made the point. Uh, Collingwood's increased that offer. St Kilda are in that all as well. Look, Jordan's expected to say at Collingwood, it's obviously an attractive, attractive offer, but at least officially, Jordan hasn't made his mind up yet. Also, James Hurd spoke yesterday really publicly, broke his silence publicly for the first time since applying for the Essendon job. Spoke at a lunch. I was there. Hurdy explained the rationale behind why he applied for the Essendon job. Um, it included, obviously, uh, an element of redemption, but also because he thinks he can do the best thing for the club. He's absolutely keen to coach the Bombers. Having said all that, hasn't heard back on the second interview this week which I wouldn't say is a great sign at this stage. I don't think he's been kept abreast of the situation from Essendon's perspective this week, but uh, perhaps he could get a second interview, but it's looking increasingly unlikely. Adam Uze spoke to the club on Wednesday, as I reported. I was out at the Bombers, and also I think they'll speak to Brad Scott post-grand final, the AFL football boss. That wraps up one of the most incredible weeks in football news you'll ever come across with um, incredible racism allegations and very, very concerning ones and Alastair Clarkson and Chris Fagan stepping down from their posts pending the outcome of that investigation. I stress it's all subject to the investigation. No one's been proven guilty of anything yet, but it's not also to uh, speak down to the claims, which are the most serious that I've come across as a journalist in my time 
and uh, incredible work by the ABC in that regard so far. Anyway, it's going to be a great grand final tomorrow. I'm absolutely sure. The grand final prayed on as well. A great celebration of football. We'll be there. Triple M rocks football. That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener or wherever you listen to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Ream Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.